What's up, guys? So glad you're here for another episode of Breaking Through with Elena. That's me. And this is the podcast that celebrates women in the entertainment industry and tells their stories of how they broke through in their field. Now, it's definitely never easy. And being a woman always brings some unique challenges. But I think talking about everything is important. Sharing our stories helps those that come after. So if you've been around since the last season of this podcast, you know I have been focusing really heavily on country music artists and the lack of female representation happening right now. But this season, I'm still doing that, but I've also been inviting guests from different areas of entertainment so we can get a bigger picture of what it takes to break through and not bring down other women while doing that. This week, we've got two more Broadway stars who have also found great success on TV and in movies. Jesse Mueller is a multi-Tony Award winner who starred in huge Broadway hits like Beautiful, The Carol King Musical, and Waitress, which was written by Sarah. Barellas. I listened to that soundtrack so many times. So good. A lot of you might remember Megan Hilty, my other guest from NBC Smash about that Marilyn Monroe musical. Oh, I was obsessed with it. And I want to reboot so badly. NBC, please. She was Ivy Lynn. Of course, you remember that. Before that character, she played Glinda in Wicked and Dolly's character in the 9 to 5 musical. Now, these women have incredible stories and we sat down to take a look into how sisterhood helped them to get where they are today. There are some points made in this conversation that are crucial, so really listen up. They have stuck with me already, so I hope you enjoy it. It's Breaking Through with Megan Hilty and Jesse Mueller. Megan Hilty, Jesse Mueller, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. I am so excited you guys are here. <laughs> and a few weeks ago, I mean, everybody found out that I ha- am like a complete theater nerd. I've always been at my life. So when Kristen Chenoweth came, you know, it was oh, a I'm new, sure. yeah, it was a new level of the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I think I just told you, ladies, all my Broadway dreams are coming true. You guys are here, <laughs> and but that's the thing, you guys, you guys aren't just Broadway stars. You're also TV stars. You're also movie stars. Of course, stars together in Patsy and Loretta on Lifetime, which at this point will be out by the time this podcast wow, posts. Cool. So yeah, oh, celebrate. We're in the future right We're now. We're in, in the, the future. future. Here we are. <laughs> you look really great. You look really great. You look great in the you future. Mm-hmm. a bit. We no. flew in here on cars. It was great. <laughs> yeah, two weeks into the future. But uh, ladies, I mean, with all of the accomplishments that you have had, I have a difficult time because you've broken through in so many different fields that it's like, where do I even start with the limited amount of time that we have? What do I want to do with you guys? I want to tell your story of course, but what I landed on, what I'd love to do today is kind of keep on the theme of sisterhood because let's do it. Right. Because this movie, it it celebrates sisterhood. Mm -hmm. This podcast celebrates sisterhood. And I think it's so important, especially right now in a world where women are constantly being pitted against each other to celebrate it. So how I want to start this all off is before Broadway for both of you ladies and where sisterhood kind of played into your life before you made it into Broadway, because Maybe it was the lack thereof. I mean, did you mm-hmm. have strong female presence and peers that helped you get to your Broadway breaking through? Yeah. Well, the first thing that popped into my mind, if you don't just go for it, yeah, Jesse, yeah go for it. Yeah. Um, is watching my mom and my aunts growing up together. Um, my, my mom is um, one of one of four girls. And um, I think that's it's funny because when you said it, I was like, I'm not sure I framed it that way in my mind when I was growing up. But one of my favorite things growing up was when 
I would get to see all my aunts together. And then as I got older, I I realized that I was taking in more the stories my mom was saying of, gosh, you know, I miss my sisters. I love getting together with my sisters. And and I have a sister too. So, so I get it. And her telling me sort of how their relationship changed over the years. And, and it is such a hoot to watch them all together. It just is. You see the similarities you, and, and, um, and as I've gotten older, you know, you get, I've gotten closer to my mom and just the stories that she's told me about how important she's instilled in me, how important your female friendships are. Yeah. And especially as you go through life, how you will continue to lean on those ladies. And, and it's important to keep those relationships um, well tilled, if you will, like, a, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It, it is kind of, you got to work on those seeds that you plant. Um, I've certainly experienced that in my life, certainly after Broadway as well. I think, yeah. Um, you form really intense relationships with with your coworkers pretty fast, and you oh, never yeah. know sort of how long your little family's going to stay together because you never know how long a show's going to run. But yeah. Um, yeah, the first the first place I saw was was in my family with my aunties. How about you, Megan? Um, I mean, yeah, I'd say in in my family with my sisters. I have two sisters; they're twins, and they're two years younger than me, so mm-hmm. we're all very close in age. Yes. They're much closer in age with each other than me. Um, but <laughs> um, <laughs> 15 minutes to be hey. exact. But um, yeah, we were always, uh, we were always really close. And um, I mean, we definitely had our ups and downs for siblings, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, but I am so grateful that, that I have them in my life. Like every time we get together, it seems like we all balance each other out in some strange way. Mm-hmm. Like we're all so wildly different, but it just, everything just kind of makes sense when we're all together. And um, I've always, always leaned on my, um, my girlfriends, like through everything. I've, I, I've always thought that it was really important to, I, I don't know that I sought it out, but I, I just always felt, I've always felt like I've, I've kept, really wonderful women around me. Yeah. I have a very firm, uh, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, like not, not a belief, but like, uh, I, I just, I surround myself with people who are better than I am <laughs> so that, so that I can be elevated somehow. <laughs> so I firmly believe that like the women around me are like the people that I aspire to be mm-hmm. like. Um, and if I associate myself with them, maybe people will think I'm as, wonderful as right. they are. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Crossing my fingers. Um, but I've been so lucky that like my whole career mm. is basically about female friendships. I mean, from Wicked to nine to five. Oh my gosh. That's, this, so that's a good point. You know, yeah. it, it, save Smash. I yeah. mean, that's the one where we were really pitted. But, <laughs> right. but Cat McPhee turned into one of my dearest friends through, through that. that process, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So like I, I have collected the most amazing group of, of female friends uh, through show business, which is why it never made sense to me that the only TV and film stories we saw were about women who tore each other apart and were mm-hmm. in strict competition with each other. It, it, is, it is what um, what drew me to this script because it proves that you can have a loving, supportive female friendship that isn't without its... It's qualms. It's yeah, complexities. Fights, it's complexities. Or yeah, or, but that's yeah. part of friendship. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Okay, so just as you said that, I just started thinking. We've seen so many dramatic portrayals, interpretations, whether it's a movie or a TV show, or whatever of 
complex male relationships and no one makes no one makes a big deal about like oh but they were fighting or they were in competition it's mm-hmm. like it's not competition but yes conflict can be a part of a relationship yeah. with most relationships it is if there's any intimacy there right yeah. it's how you deal with it yeah and how you and and i think sometimes as women we get a bad rap like people are ready to to label that and then for some reason, yeah, people think that that's interesting. So they tell stories where that's sort of, that's the, that's the lead focus. story. Yeah. And then I think young girls model that behavior. Absolutely. Because I don't, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like this stuff starts early and like, <laughs> I feel like it was my therapist or something recently was like, oh yeah, no, fourth grade is terrible. Yeah. Like fourth grade, is that like the, the pickup like, point? Why, but why at that young age? I mean, we're not fighting for survival. I yeah. mean, like what? There's is that because some, is that like when crushes on. start or something? Maybe, and so maybe, then there's something maybe. biological going yeah. on. But yeah, but it's like, I think we need to be really, really careful and vigilant about the kind of things that young women are seeing. And, you know, everything that's happening in social media, like everything they're getting fed. This is just so great that you have a platform like this to talk about the positive part of it, because mm-hmm, I think yeah. the other side is just so based on fear. Yeah. Right. It's based on fear. Right. And nothing good comes of that no. so you know i understand that it fear feels like a, a real feeling especially when you're young or you feel like you're not going to be included and gosh i mean i had those experiences i didn't have great female relationships until i got older right that same with right. me yeah and when so I, when i was young it was that sort of mm-hmm. you're my friend today and now she's my best friend and i remember just how crushing that felt right yeah right and, and, what and we, how lonely it feels, too, because you, you were talking earlier, both of you, about how important those female relationships are. And it's because, you know, the, those are people that can more closely relate to what you're going through. Just like when you're seeing something on yes. television or on your screens anywhere or through your radios, like you're hoping for the right kind of representation. Right. So you don't yeah. feel like I'm alone in this. Yes, yeah. exactly. So is that really important to you guys at this point in your career to make sure that you are very cognizant of the roles you are choosing and what it's Absolutely. portraying to younger women and, and women in general? Very specifically because I have a daughter. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And now everything that I do, I think about what she would, how she would perceive it mm-hmm. very specifically. And my son too, but because it's yeah, just well, as important, important. Oh, for, yeah. for, oh, absolutely. For, um, for young men to see this too. Um, so yeah, it is very much at the, at the forefront of my mind in, in every decision that I make. Yeah. And, and you, the, it's great that you guys have the platform that you can actually decide and have your name behind it and, and really make these great decisions. I mean, that's a blessing. That's, yeah. that's being very fortunate in, yeah. in where we are. And, yeah. um, you know, I think we've, we've worked very hard to, to be at that point and also had a lot of, I mean, but we've talked about this and also had a lot of people that have kind of like Patsy did for Loretta, like taking us under their wing and, and, and helped us. Yeah, to get to that point. You know, well, let's let's talk a little bit about that, about when you guys actually started getting into the Broadway world, because I imagine I mean, I've never done it, but I imagine that you need all sorts of support. I mean, you just like anything else, like you can't completely do it by yourself. So getting getting in of silly distractions, (laughs) (laughs) getting into that. world. How is it getting into the Broadway world? I know that's a broad question, but like when you're asked that, I mean, what's the first thing that you go to? Um, thinking back at your experiences of breaking in there? I mean, I, I think what's, what's interesting about, um, I think any job in the arts is that you could ask 12 people, 20 people, 50 people, 
how they got there. And all of them are going to have very different answers. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's one way to do it. Right. Um, mine specifically was because of the opportunity that my university gave to me with our, our senior showcase. And then that opened doors for me that I wouldn't have had without them mm-hmm. or, you know, and certainly not as quickly um, as um, so I, I guess, I guess that's my answer is, mm-hmm. is it was because of the, where I went to school and the opportunity that they gave me at the end of it. And that, yeah. that does happen though, right? Cause like, I remember reading about the, the new girl who just took over for Regina George on Broadway and she, what is the, uh, right out of school, I think. Yeah, yeah, she's right out of school yeah. and like she got it through that way. So yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's a, wow, that's interesting. That's and a, more and more yeah. schools are, are doing that. Yeah. Oh Having yeah. That sort of yeah. showcase structure to come and. What do you credit Jesse? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, I have a very unusual story. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, looking at, especially from the outside in it, it, it's, so I grew up um, outside of Chicago, Illinois, went to school out East and studied theater and, and art and, but then came back. Uh, I grew up watching theater in Chicago. My um, whole family are performers and I really wanted to go back there and work. And also I didn't feel like just as a human being, I knew I wasn't ready to go to New York. Also had no money, so that was a part of it. So, you know, I called my parents and be like, hi, can I move home for a little bit and start auditioning in Chicago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which they allowed me to do, and I was very fortunate, and I got work right away at a union theater. Our equity is our, actors' equity is our union. And um, got in the chorus of a show and started working and just meeting really great people in mm-hmm. the community there. It's an incredible community. Um, and kind of work begot more work. And I just got to meet people and audition and then but my coming to New York was a very unusual situation. Um, There's an amazing casting director named Jim Carnahan, who was fun. We just saw the other night. Yeah. And um, uh, he was coming through. He was casting a tour of a show. He was coming through Chicago. Had another project also that he was working on. And I ended up somehow getting a call to come in for that. So I actually went to New York. It was a long process from there, but I ended up getting a job in a Broadway show. It was a revival of On a Clear Day You Can See Forever with Harry Connick Jr. I saw you in it. You were really, really, really Oh, you saw her in it? Oh. You did? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I've told you this, right? But also, Harry Connick... No, I'm a super fan. Harry Connick Jr. was extremely (laughs) instrumental Mm. in... Well, that whole team, Michael Mayer. I mean, you worked with Michael on Smash. And Mm -hmm. um, so I had a lot of people who were very generous to me and took a huge chance on me too mm-hmm. because I I was not known in New York whatsoever but that's a very unusual story most people don't come to New York with a job right no gosh no I mean and it didn't last long but it was an incredible experience and um and I'm really grateful looking back I'm grateful for the way it happened too because I felt like I had enough of enough professional experience and a little more footing as a human being and to feel like to be able to deal with some of the other n- new things that got thrown at me that come along with like being a part of a Broadway show. Right. And it was like, I knew how to step on stage and do my work. It was all the other stuff surrounding it right. that I found extremely confusing yeah. and sort of soul searching and all of that. Well, and I get that because I totally fell into my career in radio and, yeah. and it happened a lot faster than it probably 
does with a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. So for me, and I'm curious if you felt the same way, but like it it took a lot of time for me to actually feel like I belonged. I I felt like the imposter syndrome and I wish that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. I took. Yeah. Right. And and so like, you know, for so long I I felt that and I felt like I was walking on eggshells, like something was going to go wrong because Mm -hmm. how how did I, you know, end up getting this, but I wish that I had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish that I had somebody having this, kind of conversation because I, I, I didn't know where to look or like how to feel like I belonged, but or even man, say how you felt. Yeah. Or you even say like, like that was yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I remember there being like a time that I was like, no, wait, I'm, I'm good at this. There's a reason, you know, and, and kind of not feeling guilty about like saying, I think I'm good at this. You know, mm-hmm. did you guys have moments like that all the time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I went into wicked, what, 10 months, nine months or 10 months after it opened as yeah, the standby right. for Glinda. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I would just graduated from college and I, a lot of people were, uh, I felt like, I felt like a lot of people were mad at me because I, yeah. I was just gonna say, you yeah. we're pissed at you. Like, yeah, this happened so fast yeah. for this girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, Same. and I really yeah. felt that. And it was hard as a standby because so the difference between an understudy and a standby for anybody who doesn't know, an understudy is in the ensemble. They're doing the show every night. They're with everybody. Um, and then, you know, uh, they're, they're kind of, if there's a standby, they're like second, sometimes third, if there's a couple understudies mm-hmm. to go on mm-hmm. uh, in case, God forbid, something happens to the lead. A standby, you are not in the show. You are in your own dressing room. Right, you were an outsider. I was an outsider. Oh, you weren't even with them like all the time. I was not, I was not with them. I was in a separate dressing room way far away. Um, I did not know the cast. I did not know. I, I, you know, I just graduated from college in this monster hit musical that people are going insane over. All over the planet. (laughs) Not just in New York. Kristen Chenoweth has set the bar so high Mm -hmm. for for doing this role. Luckily, Jennifer Laura Thompson, who is was who I was standing by for, Mm -hmm. uh, who took over for Oh, that's right. uh, Who is equally as genius, you know, and um and you know, and Adina Menzel is still Elphaba. You know, she just won her Tony for mm-hmm. for that role. And I'm supposed to play opposite her. You know, like when I go on, I will be playing opposite Adina Menzel. That's you literally know? terrifying. It was the most terrifying. Oh like honestly, the most terrifying. It was exci- thrilling at first. And then when it really sunk in what it was, I walked around much like you did feeling like I did not belong there at any point. Somebody was going to say, Hey, who let you in here? Right. You know, mm-hmm. like we made a huge mistake. Like the, no, we meant <laughs> Megan Schmilty. You know, right. like the, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, no, not you. Um, so yeah, I absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I still feel that way. in some jobs like absolutely. I like, I, this is something that is a continuous thing where it's like, when, when are people going to realize that I'm not the, supposed the, to be? Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it today? I don't know. Why do we do that to ourselves? I don't know. That kind of fear thinking doesn't help us. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I had a friend of mine the other day who said, he was like, I love him because he's also a Southern boy. He broke down. He was like, fear. He's like, my mom told me this. False evaluation of actual reality. Okay. That's great. I like that. Think about it a second. False evaluation of actual reality. Yeah, some fears are very real. You know, if a tiger is chasing you, like yeah. that's biological. Yeah, that's right. Like, that makes I'm sense. Pretty right. Going that's to fight or right. flight because yeah. 
I need to save my rear end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. You look back and you think, I don't know if you guys ever do, but I think back sometimes and it's like, yeah, you know, it went the way it was supposed to go, but gosh, I kind of, did I waste a lot of time not, not enjoying something yes. that right. to me, I feel like I believe that God gave me and an opportunity mm-hmm. and an, an experience that I was, that I was supposed to experience or learn from, but it is, it is difficult. I don't know why we keep doing that to ourselves, but it's good. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to talk about it. Right. Same. Because once you know that it's actually a thing, I mean, you yeah. know, comedy is funny because you can relate to it because it's real things that are happening yes. and there's funny like the ways of looking kind of comedy. Right. Is- exactly. But, and it's the stuff that really that is direly important. Yeah. hits you down there. Funny to us. But, but you, yeah. Talking about it. You know, what made me comfortable was another woman. I was yep. going to say, please tell that story because yeah. I heard oh, it for the yes. first time the other day. Yeah, I, so I was terrified uh, constantly. And then I got the call to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, it w- I had two hours notice to make my Broadway debut opposite yeah. Adina Menzel. <laughs> so I ran to the theater and sat in the dressing room. And Adina came in and she said, oh, is there anything you want to go over or talk about? And I was like, <laughs> I was so nervous, yeah. you know. And she gave me the greatest gift she said, you know what? Let's just go out there and make the show our own tonight. She could have very well, I'm going to cry thinking, like every time I, I talk about it, it makes me, it like, it, it affected me so profoundly that she, she could have come in there and said, hey, at this point, I need you to say this line like this. Right. I need you to stand right here when you deliver that line. And I need that. And she would have been completely within her right to do that, by Giving the way. Giving you a list of don'ts. Absolutely. And, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, and by the way, do you want to like r- run through our duet together? Right. You know, sure. like, right. you know, like, like, this is what I need. And she yeah. was like, what do you need? Yeah. yeah. And she, and, and she even did more than that because she gave me the permission to go out there and experience it with her mm-hmm. and to have fun and to, and to probably more remember it. Too. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Ultimately. By the end of that show, we were both like, by the end of For Good, it was like we'd been through something together yeah. and she allowed me to do that. And I will never forget that. And so while she didn't necessarily take me under her wing, a lot of my experiences working with these remarkable women in all of these different shows is that I learn by their example. Yeah. And how to treat yeah. people with kindness mm-hmm. we're natural nurturers that's yeah. not something to be afraid of or ashamed yeah. of i don't think yeah and sometimes i think we like and it's not it, a it's a very strong thing yeah. yes exactly because it can be much harder to support somebody that's trying to do the same thing as you are than put them down it's easy to put them down to actually so. support them and to show love and to nurture is so much more valuable and so yeah. much better for your life in general. Yeah. Like, Actually, I think it takes less energy. We think it's going to be yeah. harder, yeah. but it feels better to do something positive. Yeah. Than yeah. Something negative, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and look, I mean, yeah. just hearing you tell the story about it, Idina, like yeah. it, it's so powerful in the fact that your words can do, it can be so little words, but it can make such a huge impact on somebody's and, life. And it probably wasn't a big deal to her, mm-hmm. but it had such a profound uh, like impact on me and, and how I look at, how I treat my co-stars and yeah. my understudies that I work with and how, you know, like. And it's true. I can attest to that. That is the kind of energy you put out there because I felt it from the first day on set because we didn't really know each other before we started this process. We had really? I would just friends. assume no, that you did. A, no, we, no, we met each other friends. a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That yeah. Was, but yeah. Dolly's the same way. Yeah. Dolly's the same way. You know, she, um, I'm dropping names all over the place. I love but it. These are, but these are powerful women that could, that 
could very well, and I wouldn't blame them, say, no, I need, I I have no room for yeah. for anybody. And and she is one of the most supportive people I have ever met mm-hmm. and generous and giving and anybody she's talking to in any circumstance. And I'm telling you anybody, she will make you feel like you are the most important person in the world. Oh yeah. And so I found good. that to be yeah. so inspiring and just remarkable when the, someone who's being pulled at constantly mm-hmm. is directing all of their energy on someone it could be literally anyone. Well, because ultimately as human beings, we just yeah. want to feel seen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so like I've noticed that having been now in country radio for six years, I have been able to yeah. see some some uh, acts come and go and I've been able to pick up on what is really important. And yes, the ones that have longevity, the Dollies, the Rebas, the Trishas, the Garths, all of them, I see why. And it's because they make every person feel like a human being. Right, generous. right. You know, they're yeah. generous. They, they're not too good for anybody. And that is so important yeah. and so valuable. And just being a kind person takes you so much further in life. It also, we, yeah, we need yeah. to keep saying that. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. But because we've been conditioned a different way. I exactly. Think, because I feel like it, it took me, yeah. I tell I say this a lot on here because I think it, it's important to remind people of, but like it, it was a journey for me. Like I, I champion women today and it's one of the things that I love doing the most. And that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast. But um, it wasn't always like that for me. I mean, it, it was a journey because I had kind of grown up with this vision of like, there's not that much space for women. And so you need to fight your way through, you know, you need to like the, the verbiage that was said to me. And when I think back at it was so toxic and not the right way to say any of it. And so it, it was a journey for me to actually get to a point where I didn't have to think that every female that was maybe trying to get my job was the enemy. You know, it took, it took a long time to get to that point. Did it take you guys a long time to get to the point to where you could really just like support the women that were around you? Not so much your friends, but just the women that were around you and your peers. I think I've been lucky in that I've been surrounded by great women. Yeah. But there are definitely the days where those negative thoughts creep in because because you hear those false messages a lot. Right, right. Sometimes it's not even a literal thing. You just you're absorbing it from places because it's kind of in it's out there, unfortunately. But I just appreciate you too also saying it wasn't always like that for you. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's important too to acknowledge. Sure. You know, it's not that we all need to sit around yeah. and pretend like we love each other right. all the time. But yeah. it's like, no, yeah. you don't love anybody all all the time, mm-hmm. yeah. But it is, um, it's, what was it? it's like it's it is important to be honest about it, I right? Think. Yeah. But yeah, I, because otherwise you're going to end up being fake about it. Because yeah. if you think that you the right yeah. thing to do at this point, it, because there is like a stronger sisterhood, I think happening in in the globe right now. Like it, it's happening with after Me nice Too, to after see. every. It, yeah. It's great that people yeah. have banded together, but also, yeah, you don't want to just force yourself to be like, I love all women, I love everything, right. blah blah blah, because then that's when it yeah. becomes fake. You still have to be genuine no, in everything. Yeah. yeah, I think the other thought that I think is is harmful that aligns with it is that. It's like what you said about, well, these other people then are in my way. If I want to do this one thing, but the thing that, that is connected to that harmful thought is that there's only one, there's not room for me in the way I would do it. And to me, that's, that's, that's part of the, of how to unlock that is, is, is like there, 
Well, there ha- there is room for everybody because everybody is so different. Mm-hmm. You get in a trap, I think, when you stop embracing what makes you unique and different and you think that, oh, I have to be like that girl yeah. to get this thing that I think I want, which is usually connected to probably something that's maybe not even good for you anyway. I think it's sometimes good to realize like, well, why do I want that? And why do I think that? Yeah. And why do I feel this way about this person or this opportunity? And it's like, we have to remind each other that well, yes, there's room for you because there's nobody that does it the way you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you have to offer the world is different from what Megan has to offer the world and what I have to offer the world. And that is essentially what people need to hear is they need to see you. And that's like, for some reason, that's the thing we're all the most afraid to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But we've seen so much success in the people that have actually embraced the things that are different about yes, them yes. and celebrated it. And I'm glad and, we're, I yeah. we're in a moment now where that is finally starting to right. be. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I do too. are like, oh my gosh, that person's so interesting or I love what mm-hmm. they're doing. And, and I bet if you ask that person, they came to a moment in their lives where they went, you know what? It's weird because I feel like I got recognized or I got an opportunity that had something to do with the thing that I didn't like about myself or the thing I was trying to change about myself or the thing that made me different. And, and that in the end, like, that's the thing that sets you apart. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the good and wonderful thing about you. Yeah. And one of the ultimate examples of that, that uh, Kristen brought up in the last podcast was mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda and him writing I mean, things because on. he wasn't getting any of the parts because he didn't yes. fit it or whatever. Create your own path. Look Absolutely. at what he did, you know, in, in any way that you can. And one of the most profound moments in Hamilton for me was when Aaron Burr says, I realized there was room for both of us. Yes. Yep. This, I mean. Nobody needed to get shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was room for Literally. both of us. Yeah. And when, when Leslie said that, I was like, that is, is applicable to everything. Oh yeah. There oh, yeah. is room for every, every one of us. Mm-hmm. And someone else's success. Doesn't take away. It doesn't from take yours. away from yours. Yep. Yeah. We, we, we have to, we have to encourage each other to believe that that it does not take away from right. yours. Yeah. Which is why we'll just, we'll keep repeating that That's here exactly. and we'll yeah. keep, keep repeating. Yeah, the yeah exactly. Yeah. Cause there, there are the messages that are important that need to be said over and over and over again until it just becomes it's familiarity. And yeah. then until it's accepted as the truth. Oh, totally. But before we wrap up ladies, I, I really want to talk a little bit about Patsy and Loretta because again, at the time that this, this actually posts and goes live, it will be out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. on Lifetime, congratulations. Thank and, you. And of course, this is so ideal for this podcast because it is country music ladies and it is about a sisterhood. Yeah. And something that a lot of us didn't know, which seems sad at this point, because if we would have known that that was such a strong part of their life, I mean, it would it would have set, I think kind of a better precedence for what, Mm -hmm. right? A different tone. But um, talk a little bit about this movie and why you decided that you wanted to be a part of it. I, what, what drew me to this film was the script Mm -hmm. and how unique it was in that it was telling, it was promoting a story about two female friends that loved and supported each other. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. The script is awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it, I was really struck by the fact that I hadn't seen anything like it before. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except for, I mean, I don't I know. I was trying to think of something. Maybe Thelma and Thelma Louise? Louise. Yeah. yeah. Callie Curry. Yeah. yeah. There's a little more I mean, but there, murder involved in that. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why I kind <laughs> of hesitated. I was like, I mean, <laughs> to, 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 yeah, to, they to love tone, but yeah. yeah. Um, 
So, so yeah, I, I, and, and the more I thought about it, the more important I thought it was to, to mm. be attached to something like this. I think it's way more important, um, than, uh, than you would first imagine. Yeah. Uh, because we are, for some reason, the people who make the decisions on, on what it is that we watch think that we all want to see women tearing each other apart. <sighs> yes. And, um, and so you see that enough, even, even if it's, um, fantasy if even if it's just you know it's just it's never just a tv show mm -hmm. you know we're we're being fed these images and these scenarios over and over again so it's shaping start, culture it's it, shaping yeah. it's absolutely mm -hmm. shaping beings, culture we like stories we make stories yep. we've been doing it for ever it's something about how our brains work uh we we gravitate toward them so yeah yeah we have to be careful about the ones we take in yeah and why do you think out there yeah. i think why do you think that this is a story that hasn't really been widely talked about and known until it's now? Fascinating. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And and the and what we um keep discussing is that uh us and our female friends that we that are very successful all share these these same things that yeah. Patsy and Loretta like yeah. moments that they yeah. have in the film that yeah. really happened yeah we just this, oh this we're hits. talking yeah. to our bu our buddies the other yeah. night and they yeah. were saying like and each one had a different moment I think they were right. like gosh that moment that killed me or that moment yeah. when you were with your kids or that moment where they were giving each other clothes or you know these sort of deeper moments and these everyday moments I don't know just women in our lives saying gosh I related to that yeah. yeah. Well, is there a favorite fact since you guys have had to dive deep into mm -hmm. these women? Is there a favorite fact that you've learned about Patsy and about Loretta? Uh, my favorite fact is that um, Loretta isn't the only person that she took under her wing and, and really um, tried to help. Um, in the in the research that I did, there were other women that, that told stories of how uh, Patsy really took them under their wing and gave them stern but loving you know talkings to yeah. about how to handle handle themselves in business and what to wear how how to make sure they got paid how to talk to their musicians how to just how to do business yeah and um and i just i found it so deeply inspiring um that this woman who um who worked really really hard to get uh what what she um, to achieve what she did in such a short amount of time, too, she she really sacrificed a lot and and worked so incredibly hard for it. She she didn't see any of these other women as as threats. Yeah, you know she she was in some way like like the Aaron Bird. She saw that right at the end. Yeah, right, right, Hamilton. <laughs> yes, we're, we're realizing that. There's no, there's room for all of us. And actually yeah. it's better if we all succeed, mm -hmm. you know? Well, and that's, that's how you even make your legacy stronger is by passing it on in that kind of way, rather than just being like, here's my story. Blah, right. blah, you know, right. you're right. doing, right. your legacy is perfect. If I'm, well, not perfect. No, nobody says, but it, it, it is at work constantly if you're passing along. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How about Jesse, your favorite fact? Gosh. No, I, I felt like, I knew of the broad strokes of Loretta Lynn a mm -hmm. little bit and, and, and her life and, um, you know, the little, like I say, the coal miner's daughter, Butcher Holler, but really getting to read her book and do the research on what her life must have been like growing up. And I, I, some of my, I think I'm a very visual person. So some of my favorite things to find were just 
gathering all these images and pictures. Mm-hmm. But some of my favorite ones were the the rare ones of sort of seeing her at home or with the kids or pickling vegetables or things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like very just sort of you feel like you're watching like you're a fly on the wall or something and you're getting to witness this little stolen moment of somebody's existence. I think those were the most eye opening for me Yeah, because you, there are a lot of people I think in the entertainment industry that we look at and, and we see them, we see them from the outside in the sort of flashy way. Oh but yeah. We forget that they, yeah, they're people too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I guess, and I think as, as an actor, those are the, those were the fun moments for me because I relate more to that than the flashy side of the career. So, so to me, that was, that was the way in finding moments like that of, of, of discovering that, Oh no, no, no. I, I, I think I can relate to this woman and her experience yeah. more than maybe I, I thought I could from, from the, from the first conversations of getting involved. Well, if you want to see all of that come to life on your screen, check out Patsy and Loretta starring Megan Hilty and Jesse Mueller. Thank you so, so much for being here. And I just thanks. Thanks for just having a conversation with me. And thank you. This is amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I adore you guys and, and your idols of mine as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I just love these conversations so much. It's so interesting talking to women outside of the country genre too. Stories are so different and yet so similar. It's just fascinating to me how much we crave rooting for others. So let's keep that sisterhood alive. As always, we need it. All right, time for some thank yous. And first and foremost, Megan and Jesse, you are both so lovely and eloquent and killed it in Patsy and Loretta. Yes, I finally got to see it. You should too. Thank you to the Breaking Through team, Brian Webb, Joey Sal, and Jim Casey. And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review it over on Apple Podcasts. This way, the show can get more exposure. It's that whole like algorithm thing, you know, 2019 stuff. And you can also hit me up on social media. I'm at Elena D. Smith everywhere. That's E-L-A-I-N-A D as in dog, S as in Smith. But you'll mostly find me on Instagram. Speaking of social media, I wanted to do a couple shout outs this week. At Darlene Ray 13 at the Nash News and at Andrea Soren 16. Thank you so much for your kind words about the show. Y'all are the sweetest and I appreciate you so much. Now, I know I said last week that we'd have someone connected to Taylor Swift on this week, but there was a bit of a scheduling conflict. So hopefully we'll get her here before this season ends. However, next week's episode is one I've been trying to make happen since season one and it's finally time. Tweet me which superstar you think it is. Again, I'm at Elena D. Smith. That's it for now. Hope you have a great rest of your week. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.